In December of last year, back before a global pandemic had rendered interaction with an unknown stranger an anxious affair, I walked up to the entrance booth where Nama was standing and introduced myself as one. I'd woken up that frigid winter morning in my poorly insulated Jerusalem apartment with a mission in mind, to trek down to the desert town of Mitzpeh Ramon and somehow make my way to the alpaca farm on its outskirts. Three buses, four hours, and a long walk up a barren Negev hillside later, I found myself face to face with a young woman wearing a panda beanie, speaking in Hebrew to a middle-aged woman in a bright colored wool sweater. I cleared my throat so as to make my presence known without interrupting their conversation. They turned. Shalom, hi. My name is Grant. Is this the alpaca farm? I asked nervously, thinking what other place would have a welded horseshoe sign spelling out alpaca in Hebrew sitting atop its front gate. Yes, of course they laughed together. The older woman turned to me, noticing my happy Lamaka sweater, a Jewish take on an ugly holiday paraphernalia. Eze chamud, she exclaimed. How cute. We must take your picture for our social media account, pulling out her smartphone. A click, a flash, then typing. What is your full name, she inquired, still beating her thumbs against the glass. Grant Bessner, I said. She froze, looking up. Bessner? Yep, Bessner. A beat. I'm Bessner. The next thing I knew, I was sitting inside a wooden hut surrounded by textile products and stuffed toy llamas, presumably the gift shop. There, Nama, whose maiden name I learned was Besner, prepared me a cappuccino as we discussed our family genealogies, trying to figure out if we were somehow long-lost relatives, reunited by some intrinsic genomic fascination with camelid creatures. Besner, it turns out, is not a common name. Though the results of our sleuthing were inconclusive, Nama invited me to stay the remainder of the day and help out some of the staff, a handful of young Israelis around my age. I rode on a tractor with Omer, assembled alpaca yarn craft kits in the gift shop with Mika, and even got to take Sebastian, a diminutive and stubborn brown male llama, on a training hike up one of the rocky hills surrounding the farm. As the sun began to set on this day, which turned out to be unexpectedly coincidental, Nama and I agreed that I would come and volunteer on the farm for two months. I had been searching for a kibbutzer farm to move to and learn Hebrew on, after all. I can tell you story after story about my time on this little desert oasis, breaking up fights between Aussie and Dobie, hormonal male llama penmates, Witnessing the first steps of a newborn baby alpaca just a heartbeat away from the front porch of the staff cabin where I was living, or speaking hilariously broken Hebrew with my coworkers. But this is not the story I'm sharing today. No, the real story is how this most random and wonderful of places came to be. This is the story of Nama and Elon Devere, and their dream to bring alpacas to Israel over 30 years ago. Um, my name is Nama, Nama Dvir. 
and I'm the mother of the alpacas and llamas for the last uh, 32 years. And um, it's my way of life. And I think it's a kind of a, a family way of life for me. This is how I see it. In the beginning, I was, I was just, I was, I was in love with the desert. I felt that desert uh, landscape just changes me and really opens my heart. And also as a grown-up teenager, not a grown-up, but a mm. teenager which is 18, 19 years old, really life looks very uh, different from each way of life. You don't look for the common things, but mm -hmm. from the, for the edges, for the... So I, I, f I was really in a, in a good feeling when I knew that my home is in the kibbutz, which is more supportive and green, and there is a lot of agriculture. And that my like adventure life and army service is in the desert, which is a kind of a crazy and completely different uh, environment and, and, and the feel. And, and when I finished my army service after two and a half years, I, I, I knew that if I look for a stable life, I should look for it in the north mm. of Israel. Because south of Israel and the desert of Israel is, is the periphery and is, uh, is not so easy to, to, to live in. Like you have to be a bit extreme in order to live in the desert. Nama grew up on a kibbutz near Afula in the north of Israel. As a young adult, while in the military, she guided educational tours in the town of Steboker. One day, while guiding a tour group, she met a handsome young Israeli a few years her senior, who had just returned to Israel after a year traveling abroad. This was Ilan Devir. He made a strong first impression. Ilan came to Steboker with a monkey on his uh, shoulders because he had a monkey on that time. And this monkey was, uh, was really, really sweet, but also he was really loyal to Ilan, and you cannot be next to this monkey without uh, uh, being really in the way Ilan really wants you to be. Like if Ilan felt something against you, then the monkey would sit on Ilan's shoulder and, and make faces on you, like he's really kind of trying to tease you. Or it was a really, really funny monkey. And it was really different, like, to, to see a man with a monkey. And Ilan says that he, he saw how the monkey acts to me, and that's why he, he decided that maybe, maybe I'm the one. But I'm not, I don't think it, this is the way, because I, I know that, um, like, my inner feeling is more towards um, land and towards... Uh, agriculture and plants and less like in these days I was less in love with with animals as the first priority so but that's what he says that the monkey convinced him what was your first impression of Ilan yeah there's like he showed up with the monkey in the first yes yes <laughs> um I thought he's a really, really different person, and I was charmed by the way he's 
really he has a he has a way of being in the desert and really being confident with himself and the monkey and going around and traveling in the desert in a different way from well, like this was something that really gave me a very special feeling of mm. getting to know him because he was different and then so you went back home after you finished your service and you guys were still talking yes we were since then since we met we were like he, he used to come and and join guiding that i had in stebaker when he could come and and we began to be together we he came to my kibbutz mm. and and we 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 become to be friends yes and so at what point did you guys decide to go together to South America? Elan had this idea. It's his, like, uh, he had this idea of alpacas, and he was really in love with alpacas from the alpacas he met when he was in South America. What, when was uh, he there? He, w- he was there after the army for a full year. He wow. went to South America, and he was traveling traveling all over the continent. But he really fell in love with the alpacas when he was in the area of the high Andes mountains. And he really came back from, from, South, America, from South America with the idea that he must ask people who deal with nature and land, why can't alpacas live in, in Israel in the area of the high mm. Negev mountain, which is right. just the area of Mitzperamon towards the the area of the like altitudes from 900 meter and more to 100 uh, 2000 meter and something in the negative area which is a very small area but the climate and the and the land and also the plants mm. behave completely different in these areas and also the temperatures drop down to minus night and it's very uh, dry, like a desert, and mm-hmm. it's not like the high Andes in anything, but, but still there are parameters that behave extreme. Right. And he was just thinking like thinking of that, and it didn't, it didn't leave him. He kept on thinking, well, I have to ask really professional people about this. Why, why can't alpacas live he- there in this in this? Uh, and uh, he was really asking people. And then when he began studying agriculture, maybe this was one of his decisions to study agriculture so he can ask people and, and understand, can alpaca live in the high desert mountain, like mm-hmm. in the air of the, the, these altitudes in the Negev of Israel, Negev Desert? So Nama gave it some thought. And after a few weeks, she had an answer. I said, okay, I will go with Elan to South America. Like, it, and you guys weren't married. They were, you were no, we were not married. We, we, I said to Elan, well, it can be the trip of my life. I don't know how it will end, but it sounds so, so interesting and so, so challenging. And alpacas are so sweet from all the photos. And you, would, you, you, would ne- you had never met an alpaca before? No. Or a llama? No, never. And also, Elon was so nice, and, and we were really a couple, and I said, well, let's, let's do it. I'm with you. 
Like, wow. you want to go for this project? I'm with you. Let's, let's begin. So we went to South America through um, London. And in London, there was a, a very, very uh, loving cousin of Elan who really believed in Elan and decided that he he's not looking for uh, throwing money, but he believed that Elan is a man that can go through hard time. That's what he was testing. And when Elan came to him with the idea, he told him, I don't believe in your idea. I think your idea is dropping of money. But I think you're a person that can go through things, and I believe in you. So if it will not be alpacas, maybe you are the right person that I can believe in, and maybe we'll do something good to Israel, to you. And then he gave Elan some money, and with that, we continued to South America. And you guys didn't have enough money to get to South America? We had enough money to fly, but we didn't have money to buy alpacas. So, wait, so you were going to go there to get alpacas, but you didn't have money to buy alpacas? No, we, we, we stopped, we, uh, we, we stopped uh, Ilan and me uh, for a while in London with this uh, beautiful family that Ilan had in London, and he was really talking to his his father um, cousin mm -hmm. and then his father cousin told him I will I will help you okay. I will help you I will give you money uh, but it's because of you it's not because of your idea and uh, with that we went to we continue from uh, England to South America And it wasn't good time for agriculture people who raise alpacas in the high Andes. They were really, really upset. And that's when we come into the picture that we tell them that we are people from Israel and Israel is really good in agriculture and we are interested in buying a herd of alpacas and transfer to Israel and study and make them much more profitable for wool mm. in Israel. And when we came to them from this angle, from this uh, way of looking at the alpacas, they they really um, who, listened who, to who us. Who's they? Like, who's the first person uh, it, that you talked to? Do you uh, remember it, their, it's him, the Senor Rosalindo. That's his name. He was the man. Can you who's describe him? He is a nice man. He lived in Arica, Chile, which is a um, city on the border between Chile and Peru, on the northern border. Chile is really narrow, so on the northern border between Chile and Peru, there is a small, small, small city called Arica, and on the southern border between Peru and Chile sits a sister of this city, which is called Tacna, and these two sisters who sit on the border of Peru and Chile were really, really small cities, and, and that's where the the um, office of land of the Andes uh, was located and we had connection with him mm. and we bought a truck and he really came with us in the first time we we climbed to the to the mountains of Chile he came with us and tried to say hello mr. Uh, Roberto hello mr. Um, 
סניור ויקטור, הוגו, הלו סניורה, דוד, דפס, כל הנאמים, זה אילן ונעמה, והם ישראלים. הוא מדבר בספנית. Each family has uh, 30 alpacas, 80 alpacas, sometimes 100 alpacas, but it's really interesting because each alpaca belongs to a different member of the family. Mm. Because when the babies are born, and when they grow up, each year they are given as a present an alpaca. This is their, um, this is their money, this is their bank uh, money mm. for their future. So if we were speaking to the father and the mother and we said, well, we want this white one. It looks as a very, very good and young and healthy male. They would say, well, it belongs to Ricardo, which is in Santiago. I said, okay, let's be in touch with Ricardo. And he says he will come here only in summer because now he's studying. No telephone, nothing. And then we have to wait. Wait, so each member of the family received an alpaca yes. as like, like a type for of his an, birthday. An inheritance? Inheritance, almost? absolutely, yes. So and uh, what would they do with the alpaca? It was symbolic or it was actual, they could, they could choose to sell it and earn the money? They could choose to sell it and that's what I think where we got in and they accepted us in a better way because the young people of the family who not anymore lives in the... in the Campesino, in the High Andes, wanted to sell their mm. part. They did want to sell they it. They did. Because they, did. they wanted to get out of yeah, the Yeah, they needed farm. money. Yeah. They wanted money. And are alpacas expensive? I cannot say what was the amount of money we paid for each alpaca because I don't remember. But uh, they were really expensive for taking them out of, of uh, Chile. Like there were two prices, price that we paid for the people, mm-hmm. and there is another price that we had to pay to the government in order to import them. What, what makes, like, what distinguishes a good alpaca from a not-so-good alpaca? Mm, we needed alpacas which are already fertilized, uh-huh. like that, can, that in the age, the right age. That can reproduce. Reproduce, yes. Yeah. Reproduce, not fertilize. Reproduce, that was the word. And um, uh, animal that the teeth are okay and that maybe if it's a female gave birth once so we know that she's okay with the whole... Um, What about the colors? Like and the colors, because all the idea of alpaca wool is that it has a different range of uh, nature, natural colors. We don't dye alpaca wool. Mm. We don't need to dye it because... It's, it's the most, uh, it's, it's the um, natural fiber that has the biggest range of natural colors. Uh-huh. So you can, you can dye it, but it's, it's just a pity to dye it because it's so different. And, and we knew that one of the things we would like most in our alpacas is to keep the color very, th- this range of 
it, they, they, they count 32 different natural colors in wow. the alpaca uh, ranch of colors or shades. So we really wanted to keep it. So mm. we were looking for many, many shades. And, and, for a, and a good animal is, is um, an animal that is healthy and is the right age and is not lame and... And you guys weren't married, and you didn't have kids. No. So this was like <laughs> it's crazy. You had yes, all you know. H- how many alpacas? Do you we think? had then, uh, I think above two hundred. Wow. We brought to Israel a hundred and eighty, but we have we we left I think about twenty alpacas with Senor Raúl in his backyard, because we felt that it's alpacas who are not. 100% healthy mm. and we didn't want them to go through a, a, a hard journey mm. we knew it's it's a hard journey and the condition in, in Israel are completely different and we, we didn't want to take a risk of animals dying right. so we left with Senor Raul about 20 maybe now he has <laughs> a big Raul herd yes wow. maybe <laughs> wow so you got all the alpacas and then you have to get them back to Israel. Yes. So we, we, we spent, I think, two or three months in a place uh, where we could uh, gather all the alpacas. We decided to ask a farmer that lives in the a periphery of Arika, of this small city, of, uh, in, um, to, to accept us living in his backyard and putting all the alpacas there and bringing their food for them and vaccinating them and spraying them against ev- anything we needed because there was a demand from the veterinarian authorities of mm. the Chilean authority and also the Israeli authorities. And we pay him for that. Mm. And he also is a worker for us. He works uh. for raising alpacas. And we will not sleep in his house because we rented an alpaca an apartment in Chile, in uh, Arica, but we will um, we will come every day and work with our animals in his backyard, and that's what we did for, for a couple uh, of months, for three months, something like that. So that was kind of like a like training. Training and quarantine because the authority of uh, the veterinarian authorities of uh, Arica came to check our animals there. Mm. And to see that they're okay, and they n- no one died, and wow. they're healthy, and they're okay. Because when you uh, transfer alpacas in the world, y- there should be two agreements: the uh, the country that um, that exports should have a co- um, an agreement with the country that imports the animals, mm. because they they agree that the condition of the animals are okay, and they. They agree on that. Right. So it should be really formal. Okay. Okay. Um, so what next? Uh, we, we, we traveled with, with, with 180 alpac- alpacas on a plane, which is a transport airplane that just kind of taxi airplane that goes around the world empty from chairs uh-huh. but all the products he carries is agriculture products so it was a plane that carried it was the area of christmas it was 27 of 
December. That's where we. That mm-hmm. was the date of our flight, and um, he came. He brought um, flowers from I don't remember where to Brazil oh. to Christmas, and he was empty on Brazil, and we got him to bring alpacas from Chile to Israel. It was direct? this plan. Yes, direct. Wow. Yes. How it, did you get the alpacas to the airport? Uh, the airport of... Um, you have trucks? Uh, we, 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 um, we had trucks, and we had to do it really, really fast because, um, um, like, the, the, the plane cannot wait long. Mm-hmm. So we, 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 we got trucks from from Arica and we put the animals on the truck and tr- and transported them to the airport in Arica and just and it's just an airport like you know in in army bases airport uh-huh. N- there isn't any equipment there to to bring the animals from the the ground to 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 the to the the, the stomach of the airport right. we just had to really do you remember like that, we that had day about so getting, getting them onto the air? It was a crazy day. It was like two crazy days that no sleeping, nothing. It was it was just crazy days. We were working like slaves and um, and um, we forgot things in Raul's place that we wanted to bring, but we just, there was like the, the, pi- the pilo- pilot of the mm-hmm. plane said, okay, if we're not flying now, um, like we we must take off, like and then we were wow. just drop jumping into the <laughs> stomach of the plane. And how did you get the alpacas into the plane? We we created a ladder uh-huh. and we just climbed each alpaca, which is like uh, eighty kilo weight or not not eighty, it's fifty kilo uh-huh. weight. It's not eighty. It's like they look really heavy. They look eighty kilo, but most of the heaviness is just light wool. That uh-huh. has no weight, so we carried each alpaca from two sides, two people climbing the ladder, putting them in the stomach of the airport. And you did do this for 180 yes, alpacas. Yes, it was crazy. It was exhausting. Yes. Wow. Crazy. Yes. And they were all tied in uh-huh. the airplane on in their legs, only in the legs. Like it was not a problem at all. And uh, then we took off, and it was... Uh, were you guys with the animals? In the we airplane? were with the animals, yes, just on a mattress between the animals. Yes, no no chairs. Only the pilot had the chair uh-huh. and the helper of the pilot. The this entire plane was alpacas? There only was alpacas. N- only alpacas. Yes, it looks like a cabin uh-huh. inside, just from cartoons. How were the alpacas during the flight? We even had... We had one birth during the flight. Really? And we called the baby Zion. <laughs> wow. Yes, we had one birth during the flight. It was amazing. It was very, very happy. Was, that, w- the, was that the first birth that you had seen? No, because we had birth in Raul's place, in his backyard already, but it was the fir- like it was a birth in the air. It was really, really exciting. Wow. It was really exciting. Why did you name it Zion? What? Because of going to Israel. Like a Aliyah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> we really hope that he will be, he will give us good luck. Wow. In the first years. Yes. Metora. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This this also our parents and these fourteen hours were really they were really getting just crazy. Uh-huh. Like 
only um i think from passing over cyprus kafrisin mm-hmm. uh, and cyprus yeah. cyprus we uh, the pilot communicated with the um, israeli airport and said where we are playing we're coming to mm. land do 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 we need a place to land we need a lane we need only then our our parents knew that how old were you guys uh elan was 24 or 25 and i was 22 something like that crazy <laughs> I'm 22 yes. now. That's, that's yes, crazy. It's crazy. It's a lot of responsibility and also an, a big adventure. Very yeah. big. Uh, wow. Yes. Okay, so you, you get to Israel. You arrive at Ben-Gurion? Ben-Gurion, yes. Okay. And, and, then and they, they don't know you're coming, the, the people at the airport. Like, they didn't know. They, they knew because Ilan's father was compi- uh, continuing trying to contact the... the tower of landing mm-hmm. and telling them I know my I know there is a plane that should come please let me know if they communicate like he, he got into the tower of landing uh-huh. and he was he keep kept on telling them they think he was crazy I, they th- I'm sure they thought he is crazy there's a plane coming without that yes what is he talking about like yeah. what is this man but in these days you could do it you right. could, it was And my father organized trucks from the kibbutz uh-huh. to transfer the alpacas from Ben-Gurion airport to Mitzperamon. What, what's the first thing that you did when you saw your parents after? It was really happy because they were just waiting for us on the lane. Uh-huh. Just on the lane. Ilan's father, my father, my sisters, Ilan's sister, uh, brother and sister. It was a big, and our friends who didn't see us for half a year. Mm-hmm. It was a great, happy, and everyone was so happy to see these crazy animals. Yeah. And it was so, it was so, so happy. Wow. It was really funny. And um, we put all the young ones just below the plane. We made it just, we just we took wooden uh, logs and just put them together and then all the young ones were there and and in the beginning we just separated mm-hmm. all the babies one from the old ones and then we put all the old ones on the truck we were really into it because only 14 hours before we were bringing yeah. animals into the plane so it was a ladder yes yeah. we got friends we got help it was not wow. only us. Wow. And then we immediately began driving to Mitzperamon. And I think since then, until now, 32 years, every day, just give birth to a new problem, and yeah. a, new, a new adventure. And it's like we can speak for half an hour about the adventure of transporting alpacas from... The high Andes mountains to Israel, but I think in a way um, the you narrative of, really just of, started once of, you got here. Of, yes yeah. like the problems are an everyday problem mm. like I think in in this way of life of raising something which is a big big treasure for you mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's a tre- treasure to someone else and you really want to take care of it and that you really feel it's something that, That in a way is stands for for your way of life then mm. 
every like waking up every day is is a kind of a, of a, an adventure and fixing maybe an animal that is has has to go to give birth and the baby doesn't come out or or each day just gives a new a new a new adventure because you live outside and the conditions are tough mm-hmm. and it's not a, a taken for granted way of life After Nama and I finished recording this interview, I thanked her for speaking with me and sharing her story as I packed up my recording equipment. She smiled warmly, thanked me in Hebrew for the conversation, addressing me, as she always did, by my Hebrew name, Ori, or Ori. Then she ran off to meet one of the thousands of Israeli school groups that come to visit the farm every year. Nama is not one to sit still for very long. I walked out of the garden patio adjacent to the home Ilan and Nama had built, and in which they had raised their six children, the oldest of whom, Rotem, just starts his military service this year. Exiting the gate, I strut past the enclosure of guinea pigs and chickens, past the dozen or so sleeping dogs who guard the alpacas at night from desert foxes and hyenas, and past the stable which Ilan's horses share with Farouk the camel. Closing the gate of the chain-link border fence surrounding the farm, I started up the footpath, a few scattered alpacas grazing on the sparse vegetation amid the beige desert rocks. Panting, sitting on a wooden swing overlooking the farm from atop this hill, the Mitzpeyramon water tower visible just beyond the opposite mound of sand and stone, I saw a journey below me. To the left of the farm entrance, the textile building, where Ilan and Nama processed alpaca wool into fine yarn, eventually becoming colorful hats, scarves, and socks. Up to the right, several bed and breakfast cabins, which Ilan and Nama later built so that people from all over may come and experience farm life themselves. Below, the horse pen where Israeli children come to learn to ride, the staff cabin where young Israelis live and work, and the shack where Nama leads yoga sessions on Tuesday nights for volunteers and for locals. A shriek and laughter. I turned back towards the front of the farm, families and children running around, feeding goats, llamas, and alpacas, occasionally getting spit on, hence the shrieks. I look over my shoulder at the pink and orange clouds behind me, a setting sun, a harbinger of the end of my time here. I marvel. I wonder. I exhale. To think all this had come from a couple of crazy kids with a dream. In the Jewish tradition, after certain holidays, we say L'Shana Haba'ah Be'Yerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem, praying for redemption, that we will be returned to the place from which we were exiled so long ago. At risk of sounding sacrilegious, I wonder if Jerusalem, with its current polarizing connotations and past historical bloodshed, should really be our greatest aspiration for the year to come. With so many suffering and isolated this year, perhaps maybe, just maybe, we should hope to be returned to a place where we may all laugh and sing and dance together. Outside, under the desert sun, surrounded by fluffy, spitting creatures. 
לשנה הבאה בחוות אלפקות. Next year on the alpaca farm. And to quote an Israeli folk song, wait and see, wait and see, just how good it will be. Next year, next year, next year. And then I have one final question as we wrap up. <laughs> and that is, um, I usually ask uh, guests on the show, like if you were a vegetable, what would you be? Like what vegetable speaks to you? But, um, but I'll ask you, if, if you were an animal on the farm, Like, what animal do you feel like describes your... An ant. Your personality. An ant? Yes. Why? Because I think ants live in a... They have a, a queen. Mm-hmm. And they go to... Uh, they have... Uh, sometimes they have uh, wings. And they fly away from the nest. Uh-huh. And in order to reproduce. And then they come back to the nest. And, and regularly they work. They go out to take um, to look for food and they bring it back to the nest uh-huh. and although their nest is very very hierarchy and uh, built and they have There's the workers a yeah, yeah. they're hierarchy and I think this gives a lot of order to life mm-hmm. I really believe in work and movement and I also believe that there are time where you have to give you have to fly uh-huh. and come and come back wow. <laughs> 